Hello everyone, it's Tom Panos here. How's everyone? Welcome to this uh, webinar. I want to uh, 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 thank you for joining in. I want to let you know what the format of today is going to be. Um, for the first part of this webinar, I'm going to answer some of uh, the questions. I've got like heaps and heaps of questions and I can't uh, answer every question, but I'll answer um, some ones that I think are very relevant to the greater audience. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend the, uh, the other part of the webinar where I'm going to go through strategies that I think you need to be focused on for 2016. I think it's a really special time. It's that time of the year where you're going to have a bit of time when you're having a bit of a break. So it's a good time to uh, rejuvenate, recharge. It's also a good time to be reading and meditating on how you want your life to look like in 2016. So um, I'm going to move on and um, start off with the first question that came in. Um, and the question is, can I please provide guidance and dialogue based on the communications with top agents on the dialogue to quote buyers on, on um, um, two strategies, um, uh, auctions and private tender? I'm going to focus on auctions. Private tender is something that I'm not a specialist at. There's not that many uh, uh, tender properties. It's normally private treaty or auctions. So I'm going to put the focus on, on this. And um, Archie, if you contact me direct, and I can talk you through private tender on what some good agents are doing. Um, but on auctions, the first thing I will tell you that, you know, particularly those that are from New South Wales, the legislation now has changed as of uh, January 1 this year. And uh, I'm releasing a video very soon that will explain exactly how to handle price quoting to buyers. Underquoting is something that is uh, on the radar screen. And what I'd like to tell you is that um, what you want to do with auctions when you're quoting a price is use a range. I want you to understand that when you use a range, in the first week, the range that you want to use is um, a range that is more on the lower ends. And the reason I say that is that you want to broaden as many people to look at the property as possible. I'm not talking about underquoting. I'm talking about creating a range that covers buyers in the emotional price bracket, that is at the higher end of the price bracket. And I'm talking about getting buyers at the lower end of the price bracket, which are the buyers that I call bargain hunters or mathematical buyers. So you want a range that falls, that has the uh, emotional heart buyers that buy emotionally and pay, you know, at the higher end. And you want what I call the uh, buyers at the lower end, which are your bargain hunters and mathematical. And in between, you've got what I call the probable buyers. So what you want to be doing is in the early stages, like at week one in the campaign, is giving a broad... Um, and I, and I can tell you roughly a 10% range, and that is what is allowed by law in New South Wales now. Um, so 1 million to 1.1 is an example. Then what actually happens is as you start identifying, because what you're doing is in the first week, you're putting a big net in the ocean. You want to catch all the fish. What you're doing in week two, week three, week four, is you're identifying more who the buyers are 
And once you can narrow in and start working one-on-one -on -one with buyers, you will change your range and you will start educating buyers up because you're getting people on a journey. And that journey is let everyone in at the start and then when you've identified people that get connected to the property, that's when you start educating them and you might turn around and say, well, you know, to the buyers, now we look like we're going to be one, one, two, one, two. You've moved up a notch. The important thing is that you are not breaking the law or the legislation in your state. Pretty much the legislation in the states are that you must quote what you've actually told the vendors. So as long as you're just going back to vendors and saying to the vendors, you know, we're readjusting it, which the law allows you to do, we're readjusting it and you just get their consent. So start off with a broader range, get consent to change the range and you'll find that that is the way that you get most people in and very, very important that with the uh, last few days prior to auction, you should be having buyer meetings with buyers. And these buyers that you may have been sp speaking to from a million to 1.1, you may be sitting now having a one-on-one -on -one with them and actually educating them on most comparable sales in what I call the pre-auction buyer meeting. And you're educating them up, maybe even up to 1.2 by this level. So your job is to not just be educating vendors to accept the reality of the marketplace, it's to get um, buyers to accept the reality of the marketplace because buyers don't like surprises at auction and you should be doing that prior to the auction. Uh, I've also been asked in this question if I can give him uh, some dialogue for negotiations and I've decided to use some auction dialogue that you might find useful, Archie. Um, and here's some dialogue on getting offers from buyers prior to auction. So if you've got an auction property and you know, you're a week out and you want to extract an offer off a buyer because you want to look at maybe wrapping up the sale, here's a good piece of dialogue when you ring up a buyer. Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, we've had some strong interest from a buyer who wants to secure the property prior to auction and he is in the process of negotiating a sale. As this property may be sold prior to auction, we want to ensure that we include all buyers at the level we are discussing. Can I ask you, are you interested? Wait till you hear what they say and then say, can I ask you, at what price level do you want me to exclude you? very powerful. You're not asking them at what price level they want to buy it. You're saying at what price level do you want me to be excluded? What do you want, at what price level do you want to be excluded? So I can tell you that dialogue works. I was a buyer and Shad Hassan from McGrath used it on me about uh, 10 years ago on a property that I was pursuing myself. I want to move on to the next question. And this question is uh, from Kalib. 
As a new agent kicking off in August 2015, it appears the most productive activity I can be doing at this stage is prospecting. What are the best methods I should be using and how important is that structuring a prospecting plan? Should I be sending out newsletters, following up with a phone call, then attempting to get into the door? Or should I be cutting straight to the chase and door knocking? How would you recommend I structure a prospecting plan and what tactics would you use to get in front of as many people as possible? Okay, Kalib, great question. In the seven-day Kickstart program, um, I provide a, a template for both a chase prospecting plan and an attraction prospecting plan. But I will say in your early stages, what you should be doing is doing chase marketing. Chase marketing is less about building your brand and more about call to action. Um, brand building is about, you know, I'll give you an example of what brand building is. Brand building is the agent that's got a bit of profile and wants to stay on people's um, top of mind awareness and they might take some outdoor advertising and have their, have their face plastered along, you know, um, uh, some, somewhere in a street, uh, on a bridge somewhere, on a billboard. Um, that's brand building. Um, I personally think that you need to have what I call more call to action because in the early stages, you want to get into as many as many opportunities and as many immediate seller appointments as possible. I call them ISAs, immediate seller appointments. And this is all about having return of investment. So one of the great uh, call to action letterbox drops is the one that Lynette Malcolm shared with us. She was one of the interviews that we had um, a few months ago, and um, I'm actually going to show that letterbox drop later on in the presentation on this webinar today. Um, but that's the sort of thing that you're looking for, something that will get a call happening to you and get you in the door. But I just want to run through, Kaleeb, some of the things that I think you should be doing in the early stages, like you're six months into real estate. The first thing is, yes, I do believe that you should you should be doing door knocking, all right? Um, I'll tell you why I like door knocking. It's high touch, low tech. It's cheap. It's direct. Um, anyone can do it. Um, it has high impact. Um, but I wouldn't door knock anyone. I would be door knocking around just listed and just signed activity. So door knocking I like to do is 6, 6, 12 or 10, 10, 20. The six houses either side of a signboard and the 12 opposite are the people that you can door knock before a signboard goes up and let people know that you've listed that property. These people will talk to you. These people want to know what the value of that property is. They're going to ask you questions like, how much do they want for it? Oh, is it auction? Is it for sale? Where are they moving to? You have a reason to actually speak to these people. Um, the next is anniversary calls. So anniversary calls are people that you get old files from your uh, uh, filing cabinets if you work for an office that's been there a while and calling people the month that they bought the property. So if they bought in December in 2010, 
calling those people up and saying, hey, it's Tom Panos here. I'm just giving you a call to let you know it is, you know, December uh, 2010 that you bought your home. That makes it five years now. Would you like us to provide you with an updated idea of what your property is now worth? Because I can tell you it's most likely worth more than what you paid for it. And it's one of the things that we uh, offer for our clients because they are a client. They bought the property there. So anniversary calls. Um, Khalib, I'd be calling all old buyers and from open for inspection lists. I'd be also making sure, Khalib, that I would uh, be contacting all the connectors and the shot callers in your marketplace. The connectors and the shot callers. These are the people that influence decisions. They're lawyers, they're accountants. Sometimes they're the person that I call the street sergeant, someone that is uh, pretty much knows everything about everyone going on in the street. Um, it could be um, the local news agent, but what you want to do, or the cafe barista there, what you want to do is have them recommending you. So I would strong uh, have strong relationships with what I call connectors or the shot callers. Um, I would be doing letterbox drops. Absolutely, I would be. Um, we've got an interview coming up uh, next week um, on the real estate gym, and it's being uh, done by uh, Rumor Monday. Sorry, this week coming, I mean, Rumor Monday, right? And Rumor Monday um, is at Century 21 in uh, the western suburbs of Sydney. And we're going to share with you all the letterbox drops she does. It's quite extraordinary. She's just in there all the time and she gets incredible calls from those drops. And we're going to share those with our real estate gym members. I'd be calling all buyers. And don't forget, I've said this you know, over and over again, but I want everyone to internalize this dialogue. Every time a buyer comes through a property, you know, there's two questions that you ask. And that is, are you researching buying or selling? It is a very good opening question to create more listing opportunities for you. And the second one is, can I ask you, is this your first purchase in the area or your second purchase in the area? That gives you an idea. If there's second purchase in the area, they're a potential vendor. I'd be calling all past appraisals. And I would definitely, you know, um, uh, in my Kickstart program, um, there is the Matt Steinwaite system of how to farm your area because this is a very strong way to work 1,500 homes. I've got the actual system that you use and uh, an idea of the, the letter that you'll use that you hand out because these are the people that you've got to master. Um, those of you that are listening in here that are real estate gym members, I say to you, listen to the webinar that I did for you guys if you haven't. On Matt, with Matt Steinway last week, he actually goes through and outlines it, what he actually did to build his business to a $3 million business. He used door knocking in his farm area. That's what he used. So we do have that system in uh, for our real estate gym members via the Kickstart program. Next question. Hi, Tom. I started in real estate in January this year and it's been a huge learning curve. I went to Eric for the first time and enrolled in the real estate gym, which has been very helpful. Thank you. Thank you for giving us great content. I'm just trying to get to the question here. It's from Sue. Um, okay. When my clients submit an offer with their 0.25% deposit and are unsuccessful, they get their refund but go cold on me. They don't take my calls. They don't want to come to inspect other properties that I would like to show them. 
that may be suitable. This has happened quite often. These clients are obviously hot buyers as they're making an offer. Why does this happen? What can I do to keep them interested in other properties that might be suitable for them to buy? Your advice and guidance is greatly appreciated. Okay, thank you, Sue. Uh, Sue, this sounds a bit like a trust issue and they might feel like they've been let down because they thought they had a chance with buying the property. Managing expectation is critical. So I'm just gonna give you a bit of dialogue that hopefully can help with your challenge that you're having. And that is, you gotta use this dialogue when you're taking the deposit in the first place. You're gonna say something along the lines of this. Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, I'm gonna do my best to try and help you own this property and get your offer accepted. If it's not, I wanna work with you to maybe get your offer up a little bit to help you buy this property. And if we still can't get there, I wanna let you know in the end, my job is to hopefully help you move into a home. So if we don't get this one, I'm gonna let you know that I'm gonna spend my time and energy helping you find another property. Will you give me the right to do this for you? So that is a good piece of dialogue for you to get approval from them, to serve them, to be their agent for life. So what you're doing is setting this up at the time of the offer and it'll help you improve your relationship with them because you're managing expectation. Because I think that maybe some of these people, Sue, are getting let down that they're, uh, they're missing out on the property thinking that they were gonna get it. Let's move on to the next question oh, from Sue again. She says, um, could you please share your world-class diet on your real estate gym website? Um, yeah, well, look, Sue, what I'll do is I'll pretty much tell you that um, I, um, I eat a paleo diet. Um, I'm not saying it's for everyone. Um, it's something that I do. It's clean eating. Um, for instance, instead of having rice, I have uh, cauliflower rice. So it's rice that's made out of cauliflower. Um, I don't uh, have bad carbs and I don't have bad fats and I have a pretty uh, high diet in uh, protein. I, and I exercise weights five times a week. I do two body parts per day and I do cardio three times a week as a minimum at 160 beats per minute. So I'm training every day of the week and pretty much every meal that I have is world-class diets. I have, I eat every two and a half hours and I have um, one or two protein shakes a day. Um, and um, most of the food that I'm eating is extremely clean, very, very low on sugar and white floury food. Um, let's move on to the next question. What is the best way for a boutique to start to have impact in a big, uh, in a big brand established market. I've invested 80% of my commissions back into the business this year. We're gaining momentum, but it would be nice to earn some decent money this coming year, so constant marketing has helped. It is very, it's a very expensive way to build a brand. Thank you, Kylie. Kylie, thank you, Kylie. Uh, Kylie, let me just tell you right from the outset, real estate, it's all about community. It's not about being on the fringes of community, it's about being in the community, right in the heart of the community. And what I would say to you is, any money that is not vendor paid advertising, which is agent paid advertising, is best spent on school or sports club sponsorships. Um, because what you wanna do is you wanna immerse yourself, you wanna immerse yourself in your community 
and get on the shopping list of the mums and dads of the schools and the sporting clubs. Um, you might even be lucky enough to get access to the database when you immerse yourself in community. The next thing I would say is get high quality market reports done. McGrath has a very good high quality market report. Uh, it's, you know, it basically looks like a magazine. Um, but I want, I want to explain something about advertising and that is please understand we live in such a noisy world that a lot of advertising is simply not noticed. In fact, I would say that most advertising that I see that is promotional is dead money because you just don't notice it. I mean, you've got everything flying at your face. You've got things in letterboxes, you've got things on TV, radio, SMS, email, Twitter notifications. The attention that your brain has to advertising is highly diminished in 2015. So I would always say, whenever you do something, make sure that it is value-added provided stuff. But without a doubt, vendor paid advertising is the fastest brand builder in your marketplace and uh, it's it's like VPA will ensure that you're dominating the digital space. VPA will dominate your print space. VPA will be the fuel that gives you brand. I will also say that social media is something else that you should not underestimate. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, all those platforms, and they're generally free. They're generally free. But I would say that what you want to do is a combination of the following. You want to control the traditional footprint, and that's VPA, which is print. You want to control digital footprint, and what we're talking about is domainrealestate.com. In most areas, it's more realestate.com. And what we mean is page one, page two of the search results. You want to control signboards, which is traditional, and you want to control, be the agent that is immersed in the community as much, which is what I was talking about before. So they're the things together. I'll touch it again, digital, social, traditional, and community. That's what gives you brand in your marketplace. I've got another question that's come in. Um, it says, I'm a new agent and would like to know exactly what you mean by GCI. Okay, so GCI is gross commission income into the office. So it basically means if you're writing $500,000 in gross commission income, out of the 500, if you're on a 50% split, you get 250 and the office gets 250. So GCI stands for gross commission income. That's what comes into the office you get your split out of that. And part of the part two of that question from Jack is being a completely new to the industry and being employed as a PA, I'm unsure what it is expected of me. I seem to be sitting around twiddling my thumbs during weekdays. Should my boss who employed me be taking me with him to appraisals and meeting clients or do I need to gain a certain amount of experience before he's comfortable taking me with him? I'm unsure how I'm meant to learn if I'm doing theory Monday to Friday and open for inspections on Saturday. Good question. Jack, the right thing should be that your uh, person that you're employed by actually creates some sort of structure. Um, and what I mean by that is having what I call a position description. So if you're on the real estate gym, I urge you to print off 
the four page position description because if your boss hasn't given you one you have the initiative be a self-starter get cracking yourself let that person that's employed you know how hungry you are and you'll go off and you will uh, create the stuff that needs to get done yourself self-motivated stuff so go to real estate gym it's also in kickstart and print off the position description thank you jack i've got a question from carl it says hi tom i recall from your nine-week course you mentioned the importance of facebook and to ask clients to like my page i've recently set up a page but i couldn't recall the script or dialogue that you recommended we use so carl i actually haven't given anyone a script on liking a page um, I've got to tell you, my my uh, my Facebook page likes increases by about 200 per week, and I do that purely by putting good content there and occasionally boosting it, where you pay a few dollars to Facebook. What I did say, which I think that you may have confused, is how to actually get a listing using Facebook, and the way that you do it is that you get a vendor that you sell a property for to give you a testimonial and ask that vendor to put it on their Facebook page and then to tag you. Because by them doing that, when they actually post a testimonial and say, hey Tom, just a quick note to say thank you, you did an amazing job selling my house, I'll always recommend you as an agent and put your agent name down. And then they tag you. What that vendor's done is told all their friends what a great agent you are and what they've also done is they've told all the people that follow you what a great agent you are. Because in the new world, it's not what you say to the market, it's what the market says to the market. Make it easy for vendors to recommend you on Facebook. Okay, I've got another question here, anonymous. It says, what's the best habit to stop chit chat from people in the workplace that want to waste your time. Okay. Well, what I do, whenever I have someone that tries to interrupt me and I'm focused on doing something, I look at my watch and I say, shit, and people seem to scatter because they begin to realise that time is precious to me and that I must be running somewhere. So um, use that strategy. The other thing is when someone comes up to you and says, listen, have you got a minute? Um, a really good response is, hey, I've got two minutes actually, but I'm letting you know that that's all I've got. And after that, I've got to fly. Because what that does is it says to the person that you're under the pump. It says to the person that whatever you want to say, say it in two minutes because then I'm out of here. And the reason that I say two minutes, because when someone says, have you got a minute? It's never a minute. A minute ends up becoming 10, 15 minutes. So your response is, listen, um, I've got two minutes, but after that, I've got to go. I'm under the pump. Hope that's useful for you. Use the watch trick. Look at your watch. It makes people feel uncomfortable about wasting your time. Okay. Um, I want to uh, do one more question 
and then I'm going to move on to a really important part of today's webinar. I've only been in real estate for just over five months. In my, I'm in my 40s. I've got a young family and I've bought seven properties, four of which I've renovated and sold. Well done. I have experienced in buying and selling. Know the value of buying in areas that will give me a return as an investor. My question is, how do you get a, a piece of the real estate pie when you're just starting out? Well, I've got to tell you, you need a prospecting plan, David. David's the one that's written this question. You need a prospecting plan and you need that plan to be chase and attraction. And um, um, I'd suggest that you look at the real estate gym. It's got it all in there. Guys and girls, I'm not going to go through any more uh, uh, questions because uh, I'm sort of a little bit out of time. Uh, let me just see if I can do one more. Uh, my question is, how would you, how would you, here's a good question for those of you that are out there that are looking to recruit. How do you go about recruiting strong talent for 2016? Well, the best way to recruit talent is to have your existing salespeople do the recruiting for you. They're talking to agents and pay them money. You've got to incentivize your current people if they're going to do any recruiting. It's a system that Matt LaHood from McGrath uses in recruiting. Um, he pays people to recruit people and he actually pays people for 12 months afterwards um, as part of that person helping that person fit into the team. So gang, I want to move on to some slides and I'd like you to look at, you know, um, we're at this time of the year and I've got to tell you, it's an exciting time of the year because this is the time of the year that you can set your GPS unit, you can rewrite your plan for 2016 and this is one of the most useful tools that I can think of. It's called the letter from the future. And I'd love you all to write yourself a letter from the future um, over the holidays because I want you to come back to work in January with a clear vision of what your year is going to look like. So the letter from the future is a tool that I learned from Dr. Anthony Grant. He is the coaching psychology professor from Sydney University. I had him as a lecturer many years ago and he introduced me to this tool and I can tell you this tool is used by CEOs, it's used by executives, it's used by um, it, most professions and it's definitely used by a lot of real estate clients and that is you date a letter 12 months ahead. So you date it the 31st of December 2016 even though you're writing it to yourself now and you write it as if the year has already taken place. And what you want to do is describe in detail what your year looked like. This is your vision. It should go for about a page and a half. And I've just given you an example of some of the things that you'd include in your letter. The key thing is to be clear and descriptive in your letter. Dear Tom, what an amazing year 2016 has been. You're putting it in the tense as if the year has gone by, guys and girls. I put on my first assistant and this has been a game changer as it's taken my numbers to 600k for the calendar year. I have built my database to 3,500 people. My fitness levels are at the best ever with a body weight of 80 kilograms. I enjoyed four weeks vacation in Europe and I've upgraded my car to a brand new white Porsche McCann. I purchased an investment property, two bedroom unit in Newtown, and I've saved a further 20K, which will go to my next investment property. And then you just write out a few more things. So um, gang, please write yourself a letter from the future, carry it with you, 
This is your vision for 2016. The next thing I want you to do is I want you to do a 12-month blueprint. You need to know how many listings and sales you need to get per month for you to achieve your income goal. And I've actually got here the actual steps. Step one, write out your income goal. Step two, work out the commission dollars in your office, the average fee, like if it's 20 grand. Step number three, what's your split? Is it 50%? Step four, you work out what your share is. Very simple. You go 20,000 times 50% if you're on 50%. Step five, calculate your list to sell ratio. How many of your listings are actually selling? If your listing um, for every 10, you're selling eight of those, you've got an 80% list to sell ratio. The next thing you do is you want to work out how many sales are required for you to get your income goal. So if you've got a, 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 a GCI goal there, like number of sales is 500,000, divide that by 10 because that's your share, you've got to make 50 sales a year for you to actually make 500 grand. That's what you've got to do. Let's have a look at the next thing. So for you to make 500 grand a year, you've got to make 50 sales a year. Step number seven, what you want to do is, you know you've got to make 50 sales, but the next step is you want to work out how many listings you've got to make and that's an easy equation to do. You go 50 sales divided by 80%. That gives you how many listings a year you need, which is 62.5. Then what you do is divide it by 11, assuming that you're working um, 11 months of the year, and that works out you need 4.5 sales a month, and you need 5.68 listings a month. You now have a clear blueprint on getting your income goal. So I want you to enter your own figures onto these calculations, and I want you to work out how many listings and how many sales a month you need for 2016 to get your goal. The next template I wanna show you is the Habit Form Ritual Creator. This is a really good template for you to start. Um, this template here is out of my Kickstart program. So I'm, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm showing you bits and pieces out of my various programs. You know, of course, I'd love you all to be on those programs, but if you're not on them, I'd like you to start using some of the forms and templates on these programs. The Habit Form Ritual Creator, where the research shows if you can go 30 days doing something, it actually becomes part of your DNA. First you make your habits, then your habits make you. So what I'd like you to do is pick some habits and then tick them each day that you do it. Never go two days in a row without a tick because that's not being ingrained into your DNA as a habit. And um, I'd like to tell you that I've included on this uh, PowerPoint slide here, these are habits that changed my life, my own life. I'm sharing ones that have had amazing impact. I can also tell you that a lot of the real estate agents that I'm training, coaching, and interviewing, 
that are writing big numbers share very similar uh, habits. Daily exercise, joining the 5am club, like anyone that wants to make 5am club part of their life in 2016, put it down on your habit former template. The next thing is 10 calls before 10am, great habit, hour of power, an hour of uninterrupted prospecting, that'd be a great habit to put in there. What I want you to do, what you see, personal development, that might be that you're listening to a podcast every day, you would tick it, no junk food, tick it every day. What I want you to do is to realise that, you know, success is working on many projects in your life. Um, you know, many of the things that I do today have just gone through this habit former template. So, you know, the time that I wake up, the time that I exercise, the amount of exercise I do, what I eat, uh, my to-do list, um, the calls that I make to people, they've all gone through me creating habits in my life. So um, I'd love you to uh, pick habits that drive you forward because what you want to do is have these substitute habits that are keeping you stuck. The next slide comes out of Kickstart 2016 program and it's a template that I'd you know like you to plan your prospecting for 2016. There's just an example of one. I've got one for attraction as well. Um, and I love, you know, I've, I've taken page one of the 10-week success plan. What I notice is a lot of people need to have checklists, you know, because uh, what gets scheduled gets done. What gets ticked off gets done. And I've actually got in the real estate gym and in Kickstart a 10-week success plan for people that, you know, basically need to have a to-do list on helping them create these habits over a 10-week period. Guys, I just want to go through some, some prospecting dialogue. I, and, I want, and I want 2016, um, I want you to understand the market's changed in a lot of Australia and the dialogue and language that you used in 2015 and 2014 has now expired. It's a bit like milk and bread. They served a purpose and they were good for a particular time, but they no longer are. The dialogue that I'm using on Saturdays at auctions when I'm trying to negotiate with buyers and sellers post-auction and negotiations has all changed. I've gone back to using the dialogue and language that I was using in 2010, 2009. And um, those of you that are on my real estate gym program know that uh, you know, I'm, I'm major on scripts and dialogues. In fact, I've actually got a DVD that is just on scripts and dialogues, but I've got some, some of them here. I want to make sure that at Open for Inspections, here's a good piece of dialogue you're using to help you get into more listing presentations. Say to buyers, when you came through the other day, so this is when you're doing your callbacks, when you came through the other day, were you researching buying or selling at the moment? Use this when you're talking to people that open for inspections. Most of the people coming through today are either upgrading or downgrading. What are you doing at this time? That's a good piece of dialogue. When a buyer calls you on, on the phone, on mobile, another good piece of dialogue. Um, did you call about this property because you're looking to buy? You're comparing it to your current home. Some listing dialogue. So 
when you're talking to a, a vendor at a listing presentation, he's a really good piece of dialogue. It's the process, not the promise of a price that will get your home sold for top dollar. Can we talk about that process? Here's another good piece of dialogue. In selecting an agent, I'm curious, will you be picking an agent on the things the agent can't control, like price or the things that they can't control, like marketing or their negotiation ability? Uh, here's a good piece of dialogue at a listing presentation. Would you like me to present you with a strategy to make you happy or a strategy that will get you the highest price? Here's another piece of uh, uh, dialogue. Would you like me to present you with a marketing campaign that will make you happy or a marketing prank campaign that will get you the highest price? That's good VPA dialogue. Some more dialogue at a listing presentation. Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, we can debate price for hours today between ourselves, but the main conversation that we must have about the price is with the person who's going to buy your home, the person that's going to be the new owner of your home. Um, I like this dialogue. Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, in selling, what is the most important thing you're looking for in an agent? Um, right, uh, did we get the help? Susan, I've just got Susan here next, with, next to me. Have we got the Matt help me help you? Did he uh, send it? Okay. So those of you that are my real estate gym, Matt Steinway, share with us. It's in your program, the template, Help Matt Help You. It's a very powerful, very powerful questionnaire that you give your owners before the listing presentation where they tell you what's important to them and you focus your presentation just on them. So um, here's another piece of dialogue that I really like. Right from the outset, I would like to ask you, I would like to let you know, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, it's totally okay if I don't get your listing. What I'd like to do today is to ask you a few questions to see if I could help. I may or may not be able to help you and based on your circumstances at the end of the meeting, I'll let you know and if I think I can assist you and you feel comfortable with me, we can take you know the next step. Um, so I've just used it in my own words, but that is what scripts and dialogues are. It's about taking these words and dialogues and making them yours. And uh, I'll talk to you at the end about this DVD that you can get. Have you sold the property before? How did it go? What did you like and what didn't you like? Another good piece of dialogue at a listing presentation. Guys and girls, I want to show you this form here is a very useful form for um, what when I want to make a change in my life, what I look at is I, I want to create a lot of discontent between the present and the future. I find that what I do is that when when I just get so um, pissed off and so sick and tired of, of a situation is that's when I actually change. So you've got to create a major discontent between the, the present and the future. So here's a really good form to complete. So you know, turn around and say to yourself, when there's a change you've got to make, what negative pain is being caused by you not making the change? And list those things down. Then on the other side of the form, write down, what will the positive pleasure be achieved when I make these changes? Because what you want to do is you want to create an equation that makes it a no-brainer where the pain of not changing is, Im is immense and the pleasure of changing is really high, that's what creates change. This is what psychologists have clearly shown, being drawn towards pleasure and moving away from pain.
Um, Alex Waters, who was one of our mentors in the Real Estate Gym program um, earlier on uh, this year, shared with us his template. These are his targets. What gets scheduled gets done. Write down your number of calls that you've got per day, your calls, how many connects you've got, and how many appointments. I've got to pretty much tell you that in the early stages of real estate, it's about appointment creation. Number of calls to make appointments is the answer. And um, what I'd like to say to you is that I want everyone in 2016 to have a clear weekly goal of how many calls they're doing. Um, most of the good agents I know are telling me that their phone bills are showing that they're doing over a thousand calls a month. Here's the letterbox drop that uh, Lynette Malcolm uses as a just listed letterbox drop. She gets three calls for every 50. They're handwritten. They're not photocopied. They're not from a printer. They're handwritten by her PA. Three calls for every 50. Just listed and a just sold one. If you don't know their name, look it up on RP Data. If that's all too hard, Put down D homeowner. Guys and girls, I've got a template there. This is, you know, when people turn around and say to me, Tom, how does an agent write $4 million? Well, they're operating on the fourth level. If you have a look at that template, they're operating on the fourth level. So I want you, if, if, if you want to go pro, if that's your deal in real estate, they're the four levels that you're going to move through. You're going to start off as a single agent. You're then going to move to a second level where you get two admin, third level, two admin and a buyer specialist, and the fourth level is admin, buyer specialist, and then having an agent work under you. Any agent that you know is writing the $3 million, $4 million, guys and girls, let me tell you, they've got a team. That's the team that is doing a lot of the work for them. Don't think that these people are doing all the work. And when you're seeing an agent writing four or five million dollars, they've got other agents that work in their team that are writing numbers as part of the business unit. That's why, you know, my you know, real estate gym now is so focused on business unit on managing a team, on recruiting a team, on actually having position descriptions and clear KPIs for your team members. Because I think like the person that wrote the question in, a lot of PAs don't know what to do and a lot of agents don't know how to manage a PA. By the way, there's page one of the job description of a PA. Um, there's a four-pager in the real estate gym program. Guys and girls, I just want to do a very small um, uh, introduction to the mentors on the Real Estate Gym Program. As you can see, they're, uh, they're there. Uh, and we're getting more of them um, in January and February. Uh, gang, it's this time of the year that I think a lot of people are making the deci decisions about coaching for uh, next year. If uh, if, if you want a coach and you can't afford a coach, um, which I can pretty much tell you most coaches are around 500 bucks an hour, um, what I'd say to you is um, look at the Real Estate Gym Program and what I'm doing for all our people on the webinar today is that if you're not on the Real Estate Gym Program, 
I'm doing a something that's hopefully going to say to you, I want to be part of this, and that is you'll get 12 months access to the real estate gym where you get uh, daily inspirations from me. You get a video week training from me every week. You get scripts and dialogues weekly. You get an implementation video weekly. You get a monthly accountability webinar. You get a mentor webinar. And I'm also pleased to tell you that early next year, we're moving our system where you'll actually have self-coaching and the, you'll be putting in your numbers in there and measuring um, the calls that you've got to make. So it'll be like your own personal coaching thing. And um, this works out to being $9.95 a week, $517 a year. The seven-day kickstart is the program. It's a seven-day program to kickstart 2016. You can do it any time. You don't have to start a specific day. You can do it any time. And it actually um, explains there on that slide what it is. So what I'm doing, guys and girls, is um, those of you that join the real estate gym before midnight tonight will get Kickstart for free. So if you go look at buying Kickstart, it's $249. Those of you that join Real Estate Gym will get it for $517. If you put on the coupon code DVD in there, I will give you the DVD Million Dollar Agent Scripts and Dialogues. That's got all the scripts and dialogues to get more listings, to handle commission, to get more VPA, to get buyers up in price, to get vendors to accept the reality of the marketplace, it's got all the scripts and dialogues that you'd want in real estate and it's on DVD. This sells for $500. So what I'll repeat, if you join Real Estate Gym before midnight tonight, you will get 12 months membership. You've got to take the annual membership. It's $517. You'll get seven day kickstart free of charge as part of your membership and you'll get the DVD. Susan will ship out the DVD. We'll look at the people that joined and Susan will ship it out so you can have your DVD before Christmas so you can have a few spare hours and become bulletproof in your scripts and dialogues. Just go to realestategym.com.au to sign up and It'll give you all the information there. Is there anything else I've got to cover, Susan? That's all there? Okay. So don't forget to put the code DVD. That way we know to send you the free DVD. Guys and girls, I want to thank you so much for joining me in this webinar. I want to also let all our real estate gym members know that have paid a yearly membership up front. You'll be notified tomorrow. We are also giving you seven-day kickstart free of charge as a gift. Those of you that are on monthly memberships are given a discount seven-day kickstart program. Guys and girls, I wish you a Merry Christmas. Uh, I'm really excited about 2016 because I know that agents that are really skilled up, that know how to negotiate, that know how to uh, list price properly, are going to win market share because this real estate marketplace is looking for skilled operators. Have a great uh, Christmas, Happy New Year, and I'll see you next year.